What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Play to Win podcast. We've got a very special edition for the next few episodes. Me and the other game gurus, Josh and Jared. I'm Alex, by the way. We'll be covering Starfield. Everything you can think about with Starfield. So this first episode... Including including all the hookers and cocaine. Yes, all of them. All of them. Everyone. This first episode is going to be pretty much spoiler spoiler free. We're going to focus mostly on the mechanics uh, what we thought about the game as a whole. And then we'll gradually over the next couple episodes move more and more into spoiler territory until we finally just talk about our typical views of games, um, the game in depth with the final story completed and all that stuff. But first, we're going to jump into a discussion topic we have this this week. What leak? We've had a lot of leaks in gaming recently, particularly then we've to taken we've taken quite a few as well. All this morning, this morning alone. Yes, I have ah. a I have a prostate issue. Yes, he I has one urination. No, I'm kidding. I I sorry if anyone it, out nope. there does. <laughs> Ads or something. Yeah. No, it's now on uh, record, though, that Josh has a uh, prostate the size of a grapefruit. Um, so we have had tons of leaks through all of the court stuff. Thank God the uh, the the whole thing is finally done with Activision Blizzard King has been officially joined the Xbox group um, and we can finally move on from that. But we're going to make sure we don't leave just yet. So I've picked a couple of leaks that I think we should discuss um, coming from these trials. First, in the Activision Blizzard deal, I believe this actually came out of the CMA trials. Um, Country Music Awards? Sony, yes. Sony had a bunch of documents uploaded into Discovery, which is pretty common. However, their uh, law for law side of things uh, improperly redacted the documents. And so everything was uh, front and center, leaving a whole lot of a lot of background information there. So I figured we we compare and contrast and because the second leak, most recently, Microsoft's lawyers did the same thing with the FTC side of things. So we saw some huge uh, revelations. We really got to see how the sausage was made from both. So just a quick background, um, Jared, you just did a little bit of reading on the two. Can you sum up the two leaks just briefly? Yeah, so um, I was going to go more with the taking a leak angle, but I'm not going to do that. Um, so the listeners appreciate that. Yeah, sorry, guys. It's <laughs> earlier here ish. Um, so with the PlayStation leak, the article that I found that essentially what what it focused on was the heads of PlayStation were pretty much saying they weren't losing sleep over the Activision Xbox deal and how um, they think that, you know, modern warfare COD is going to be on PlayStation for years to come. And it's not a big deal. And then for Xbox, we had a lot of little things in the Xbox one. So. Uh, rumors of a Nintendo or a wanted Nintendo <laughs> acquisition, which oh, is yeah. kind of kind of funny to me. Um, they kind of planned out their next two prospective consoles, one releasing in what, 28. So in five years was a big part of that. Um, we have confirmed that Elder Scrolls is very, very far away, but also it is definitely only going to be on Xbox and PC. So sorry, PlayStation folk. Um, yeah, that Nintendo thing made me chuckle. I'm like, yeah, good luck. Uh, yeah, happen. Let's see. Let's see what else. Um, new controller, new controller coming out. I heard they were wanting to do more with like haptic stuff like the yeah, PlayStation controller sense. does. Yeah. Um, Alleg- and- allegedly, the new console would be of a cylindrical design. That's the uh, that's the updated Series X. Yeah. They also that's supposed to come out either later this year or next year. So think like a like a roll of paper towels is what it's going to look like. 
I have one right next to me. Oh, wait, that's, well, that's, a, story. that's a roll some, of paper towels. Something funny about the cylindrical one, and I think I heard this on YouTube, but it's not going to have a disk drive, which is ironic because it's, it's the shape of a disk. But it's not going to have a disk like drive. A three-dimensional disk. Yeah, it, it's just... And but, Sony's but, doing that, too. They just released the slimline, or they're yeah. releasing the slimlines next month that are disk, one with a disk drive and one without. But <clears> that, that was like the gist of what i got from both of those articles yeah. so it sounds and well i guess we'll get into our our uh, thoughts on it alex so I'll, I'll ping it back to you so yeah i i figured we would talk a little bit about our thoughts on these you know my bigger take really what i want to get into is here whose leak was more impactful and i mean positively negatively overall whose leak do you think was more impactful to the industry to the company as a whole i think in the grand scheme of things you know we're not going to be talking about this six months from now but right now um you know it's all that's it's all over the place so josh what do you think who do you, whose leak do you think was more impactful the microsoft leak the sony leak um or the uh, the leak that Jared took this morning. <clears throat> uh, I mean, if, if I'm being honest, I'm gonna have to go with the leak that Jared took this morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, all, all kidding aside. No, that's fine. <clears throat> all, all kidding aside, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what is more uh, damaging, right? I mean, leaking your 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 strat plan for the next decade, essentially, or um, just a couple of comments about, uh, you know, current situation that's happening in the uh, industry landscape. And, uh, you know, I will say with, I, I, you know, the article that I was reading, you know, it, it seemed like it seemed to indicate that the emails uh, with the SIE, uh, you know, brass, they came out before they were potentially, you know, outwardly expressing uh, their concern over the deal with the FTC. So I guess it's possible they had a change in oh, yeah. demeanor on too. the situation. And I mean, any to be quite candid, I mean, any any potential, you know, emails with companies of, or corporations of the side, they could um talking I mean, I don't know, various types of code for situations they could they could um be I mean as they, they seem some of these seem to be more like off the record kind of like conversations, right? Even though they were through company uh communication channels. Um Well they I, didn't plan any of this information getting out. I think yeah, side. Yeah. Clear. Yeah. And um I I don't know. I, I feel like a couple comments, you know, even if they were, you know, like slightly image or PR damaging, I feel like they're fairly easy to um, manage and kind of maneuver from a PR standpoint. What What is really difficult is your industry competitors knowing what your plan is for, you know, uh, a set and predetermined amount of time. So that allows them to essentially uh, pivot what they're doing if they feel the desire to and maybe try to shrink your uh, future margin uh, and uh, hold on the industry in that way you want to move forward. That's kind of my thought on it. It sounds like the idea of Sony pretty much having Xbox's playbook for the next five years is pretty big deal. And they it could. Like, yeah, it could be pretty impactful. And the very least that they can say, oh, well, they're going disc free as well. We we can start shifting that way, too. Yeah. Um, at the very least. Or you can or you can pause it, you know, like that. That's not a you could you could. You could posit at least for the next generation that maybe that's not really what gamers want. You know what I mean? I, I feel like the, you know, kind of to that point, it's like when the Xbox one and the PS four came out, Sony got to go second and saw Xbox royally fall flat on their face and say, you know what? We're changing our entire plan. Want to know how you can, you can get uh, share a disc with your friend. Hey buddy, here you go. Just yeah. the disc over to your friend. Um, that was that was a big example of having the other team's playbook, even just a few minutes ahead of schedule, make a big difference and big impact. 
so I, I've got kind of a different take on it. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I kind of think that the, I think essentially what you're saying is it could potentially be that the Xbox leak was more impactful. Only time will tell. Yeah. I think it was more impactful, but I think it was more impactful from a different perspective. Um, Sony had a lot. Really, Sony didn't lose a whole lot in trial. They they were really just trying to gum up the works the whole time. I don't. I think most people in the industry probably thought Sony doesn't really think the things they're saying outwardly. They're just trying to put on a good face for a trial. They're trying to slow things up. They're trying to anything they can do to make uh, this acquisition more difficult is a win. I you know I don't think they ever thought. Oh, we're not gonna get Call of Duty, and we're gonna get you know we're gonna get railroaded in this, um, and that's what their emails said. I, I you know it doesn't make them necessarily look good, but that's just corporate corporate speak. That's just what it looks like. So, I, it doesn't make them look good, but it also it, this is what I expect for the internal conversations of a corporation. Now, with I think the bigger difference here is. We, we get a look at how Xbox is talking about things, how Microsoft is actually talking about things. And surprisingly, it's positive. Like they, it's gamer positive, like um, the way they talk externally, like the way they present things. I thought that was more impactful just from a wholesome standpoint and a um, winning goodwill with the community. Ultimately, you know, it, goodwill can be burned really easily all they got to do is make one bad policy and they lose it so how long that that really lasts i I don't think it lasts a long time um microsoft puts their foot in their mouth or you know has another year where they just don't release any games and that's all gone anyway but it was just kind of cool to see them walking the walk and talking the talk at the same time uh Ultimately, I don't think everything that was released in those documents is that big of a deal. Most of it was Bethesda, Venomax stuff anyway. And now they've got all of Blizzard, yeah. Activision. There's a whole bunch of other studios that aren't involved in that. And that timeline is already wicked skewed. This stuff was pretty old anyway. Well, I think I think one of the, I mean, larger, I mean, takeaways that we're, we've mentioned, but it hasn't really, I think it's larger than we're making it out to be is Microsoft's um, view on the M&A with or potential M&A with larger players in the industry like Nintendo and Valve. I, I just I don't think um, I you know, we've, we've talked about it, that it's likely not going to happen, especially with Nintendo. But I, you know, given like the recent track record of M&As with with studios that Microsoft has taken over, we haven't really seen those come out to be great uh, end user experiences with uh, Redfall. And I mean, even I, but Bethesda was working on Starfield for a long time before they even, you know, were bought by Microsoft. But, you know, we will we'll get to some of our concerns with the game, but it's it's not perfect. Um, and a lot of it is uh, engine related, um, in my opinion, um, i.e. on the development side. But, um, you know, I, I, I shudder to think, you know, with the recent history of how that's gone and that track record, what they would do to uh, uh, franchises in Nintendo that, you know, traditionally release without a hitch and don't have uh, really. I mean, largely, if they have a dud, it's still like a, you know, eight out of ten. Right. With some of their top tier franchises. It's not like, you know, we're going to get a, a one out of ten Mario game or a one out of ten Zelda game. Nintendo is very careful and, you know, very, uh, very conscious of how those games and their impact and their reach is after they launch. So so just just being aware of the time, I'm make quick comment of that. And I, I want to shift to Jared. But I think the whole I, I said this a couple of on our last episode. I think the whole thing with Nintendo is completely blown out of proportion. That that leak was a hypothetical. Could I'm be talking about yak sky pie in the sky. Yes, it would be a career move if I could if I could solidify that Nintendo deal. Man, that would be big. 
don't think anybody at Xbox, except for maybe maybe Microsoft really thought this. Maybe Microsoft mm-hmm. really thought that. But I don't think anyone at Xbox actually thought gonna we're going to be able to buy it. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my last me. comment is just that, you know, Spencer commented on, you know, the, the thought. I mean, he said he doesn't believe hostile action is the way to go with Nintendo right now. Yeah. But even the, the mention of that seems a little... Uh, <laughs> more like it more like it's a legitimate uh a legitimate thing that uh Microsoft does want to have happen. I don't like think, a, I think Microsoft may want it to happen. Yeah. I don't think Xbox thinks it can. But yeah. I, I wanna I wanna hear from Jared. What yeah, you, sorry Jared. What no, are your good. thoughts on these uh leaks? What do you think was more impactful to the company um, at hand or the industry? I think that Microsoft's was more of, or Xbox's was more of a PR move than anything. Like none of the stuff in that leak, minus the Nintendo thing, the bombshell. Um, we all know that's how these companies operate. They put out a console. A few years into it, they put out another console. They change up the controllers, and then they have what, like eight to ten year life cycles. All that's in the article, but that's every other software or uh, console generation before this. So I don't think that Xbox is that big of a deal. It also shows that they're planning and it gives that like they have a roadmap. And then um, another thing too is within software and within hardware like this five years out could totally be different. Um, Right now it's all perspective stuff. I don't think it's them giving away their plans. I think it's them just throwing this out there and seeing how Sony reacts to it. Now, Sony, on the other hand, in my opinion, I think that they miscalculated in their releases for this console and they front loaded all of their first party stuff. And now that all their first party stuff that everybody was anticipating has been released now they're really heavily relying on third parties and they seem very and I know they said they're not concerned about losing COD, but they're still very hyper focused on Call of Duty. Um, and it shows to me, at least, or it makes me think that Sony doesn't have a good first party plan moving forward. They released God of War. They released Forbidden West. They released the remake of Ghost of Tsushima. I know they're working on a new one there. But like their big their big ones are gone, whereas Xbox, all of their super oh, hype games are still ahead of us. Spider-Man so, too has yet well, to release. And, and there's Spider-Man. Um but I mean it's really with the arms race, it doesn't feel at yeah. this point like Sony has a lot to offer they, they and, their load early and, but also as well like and I, you guys can you know correct me on this i don't think their derivative of game pass is much to go home over either if they even I, have one right now i mean they do i i, I think uh this the subscription tiers on it uh, are a little um, I, I, it take they take away from it more than they add value to it because I mean str- uh, specifically speaking, uh, PlayStation Two and PlayStation uh, oh yeah PlayStation Two uh, PlayStation One were probably uh, you could argue they were the darlings of their era especially PlayStation Two mm-hmm. and um, you know, with with a more uniform way to play that library of games on their brand of PlayStation Plus or Game Pass, right? Um, it's just the the fact that you have to pay for you know X tier to get X console or system of games, whereas with I think Game Pass, it's all included, right? With the Game Pass price that you're paying. Well, yeah, and, and and that being said, I just think there's more to keep you on an Xbox right now. Yeah. I mean, unless you're anticipating Spider-Man, but that's different. But like me, who doesn't have a PlayStation, whenever I get one, I'll spend a ton of time on it because there's a lot of yeah. games I want to play. But for you guys who have had one, have gotten through those first party games. Now it's either do I want to play Cyberpunk on my PS5 or my Xbox? You know, and it's you're making those decisions. Well, I'm, I mean, we're, we're also anticipating uh, FF7 Rebirth. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Those third party, but back to yeah, yeah, it's still third party technically. Yeah, but that's a big third party and a big reason to switch. I mean, the only the main reason I got a PlayStation Five in the first place for me, the anticipation of Final Fantasy coming to PlayStation. I, I knew well, and like I was getting it for. 
even like Baldur's Gate, that's a that's a timed exclusive, but it's Unintention- now unintentionally. Well, yeah, but it's having issues now, too, though. Yeah. And so I've the player base has shrunk from that. And that was a big deal to keep people on X or on PlayStations, too. So all in all, my view of this is it looks like Xbox is kind of they, they kind of drop the file and hope somebody would pick it up kind of a deal with this. And then it looks like they're just kind of testing the waters and looking more optimistically moving forward. Whereas I know the Sony execs said they weren't worried, but it still seems like they're hyper focused on Call of Duty and they're not. If Sony was super solid, I feel like, yeah, they would obviously, like you said, posture in the in the court case because they have to. But I would feel like they wouldn't be worried as much if they had a good slate ahead of them. Movies. Starfield. Starfield. It's a family show. I mean, seriously, man. We have our youngest uh, member of the the team, the youngest game guru ever on board. How old is is? uh, She she doesn't have headphones on her head. Yeah, she can't hear. But but she she's 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 five months old. Five months. That's that's the youngest game guru ever. Okay. I think before that it was Josh. Which had a few, you know, 30 plus years on her. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about Starfield. Um, let's work. So just a reminder for everybody. This is a spoiler three spoiler 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 three <laughs> spoiler level three spoiler free discussion of Starfield in general. Um, you know, General Tarkin. Starfield just came out in September. Wasn't it September 6th? I believe it is a Bethesda studios game. It is Todd Howard's team, Todd Howard's team, the, the man behind, um, Skyrim, Skyrim, Morrowind, Morrowind, the the elder scrolls, the four, you know, the big, this is the big team that people think of when they think of Bethesda studios in general. Um, this is the first new IP I think this team has ever like brand new IP that this team has ever come up with. So it's pretty in pretty big deal. Uh, it is out on Xbox Series X and PC. I believe Jared and I both played it on Series X and Josh played it on Series S. So we'll ke- we can get a little bit difference of views on that. Um in general, this game has got some mixed reviews. Um, I believe IGN gave it a seven, which is a good game. And but it the range of scores have all the, been all the way from seven to I think yeah. a few outlets even gave it tens. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna pull up the Metacritic real quick on Starfield just to get an idea. We can go into more discussion. You got, on, you got like really loud there all of a sudden. I apologize. We've had all it's kinds okay. of sound de- de- uh, issues prior to this. So um, I'm going to pull up the Metacritic here. So generally, um, you know, it's getting a mixed review on Metacritic uh, 83 yeah. for um, if you well, I was going to say if you put any score, critic scores and 6.7 yeah. from users. So but other outlets, you, the user scores yeah. are about 8.2. So it's it's kind of variable. Sometimes I look at, I mean, it's not the exact, there's no exact science to it, but I also look at the Google, you know, user yeah. reviews too. And those are like three out of five, essentially, no, 3.3, which, 3. which is, yeah. yeah. 
it's got a seven of ten on Steam. You know, that's a good game. Seventy two percent like this game. So I think it's pretty safe to say, like, this is a good game. Um, It's not the ten out of ten game of the year expected game that people were thinking but it's definitely got the mind share that xbox wanted it to have and it's taking up a lot of time in people's lives it's the worst reviewed it's i think it's actually the worst reviewed bethesda game uh that is a like not a like mmo right i don't i think fallout 76 may have been a badly reviewed game but like for like a, a true RPG, like it might be the worst reviewed Bethesda game. Um, and that, that's and again, that's not to say that it's bad. You know, it's so just, that's just what it is. One more Apparently. outlet I'll, I'll point to is the open critic score. This one tends to be a little bit better um, moderated. So it, it yeah. doesn't get it, it kind of does a little bit better. I don't I don't want to go into the details. I'm not really sure how they do this, but it's less impacted by outliers. Um, and it's a it's a average top critic average of 86 and critics 85 percent of critics recommend it so we're talking about a good to great game here yeah um which i i I mean for me that that seems to make sense it's not perfect it's not outstanding it's not a masterpiece but it is a good to great game um let's let's talk a little bit about what we like and dislike about the game in general i mean jared what what are your kind of what kind of things do you like about this game so far this is the closest to role playing in a Star Wars esque environment that I have ever gotten in any sort of a game. And I feel with this game in particular, once you kind of get your stride, get past that <laughs> really long intro, um, I feel like it is a very immersive game with some really obnoxious mechanics that try to ruin the immersion. Like, I feel this game gets in its own way in a lot yeah. of different ways. And there's there's a the there's a great game somewhere in there, but it's just not quite there. But it's awesome world. The potential is incredible. Um, there is a lot of procedural generation, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But there's a ton of exploration you can do. Um, there's mechanic, huge mechanics that I haven't even touched in the game. It, is a, it is a massive <clears throat> game in that mechanic sense, right? I'll be, so I'll be honest. Uh, sorry. I was going to say, but also because it's massive in the way that it is, it also limits itself in weird ways too. Um, yeah. and again, we'll get into that, but, um, I enjoy it a lot. It's fun to role play, but I do find myself getting fatigued now after putting a lot of good time in it yeah. um, after a while, just because of my how, criticisms. How, that will. how much time have you do you think you've put into it? I think we talked about it briefly off air. So I think I'm at like three days now. OK, I think yeah. I'm at like 80 hours, Josh. I think you were about the same. Yeah, somewhere around there, like uh, 82, 83, maybe. Okay, so let's let's talk. Let's start with some of the let's I want to end on a good note here because I think this is a good game and we we really want to highlight that. But there are a lot of things we should talk about that. And let's let's preface this conversation more as the criticisms, quote unquote, that we're going to give you guys. It's more of if you are going to buy the game. We're just trying to make sure that your expectations are in the right spot. We're not we're not blasting this game again. I love this game. I'm going to play this game tonight. Um, So it's (laughs) playing it right now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We don't want to trash it. Bethesda is one of my favorite studios. Love them or hate them. But it's we, we need to give you some good information because we went into the game not knowing the things that we're about to discuss. Yeah, I think none of it's going to be spoiler wise. It's going to be mechanics, stuff like that. Sorry, continue, Alex. So, so let's talk about some of our criticisms of the game. Um, I, I, I do want to talk about the uh, let's start with loading screens, the loading screens. Um, yeah, let's start with loading screens. So the way this and, and this is travel in this game, and I don't hate it and I don't know exactly how you do it differently, but it is a thing that brings you out of the game a lot. Mm-hmm. Basically, in this game to get anywhere you have to fast travel or, you know, you, you plot, you go to your star map and you plot out and then you do a grab jump and all this stuff. This is how you get from system to system. And it makes sense. I mean, this is kind of what you do in mass effect too. So it makes sense that you'd have to 
do that. Otherwise, you're traveling millions, hundreds of light years (laughs) and that nobody wants to do that in real time. Um, So but it just takes so damn long uh, and you're you're basically loading screen to loading screen the whole time that that's that's really frustrating. I don't know. I don't know what you do differently, but finding a way to not break it up so much would yeah. be, be helpful. Well, it's really like you're like you're saying it, it like it, it really takes away from like the cadence of the game too. like. So if so, if you're fast traveling to a place like I got to. I got to fast travel to the galaxy and then I'm going to sit there and get inspected by the UC, you know, for my to make sure I don't have any contraband. Then I got to fast travel again to the planet and then I got to fast travel to the location I want to land on the planet. And then now now I'm like now I'm walking around doing stuff. And until I find something else on the planet, I can't fast travel to anything else. So it's like, well, you want me to fast travel so much until I'm on the planet that's uh, largely procedurally generated and very uh yeah even even the ones that aren't procedurally generated like fast travel i mean you're in new atlantis all the freaking time yeah that's that's where the lodge is which is you know for the main quest it's a big big hub but you know one of the things that helped me i think at least early on is i enjoyed the the world and the and everything going on so i would completely on my own not something i had to do or anything would land on you know say new atlantis and then i would get out of my ship and then i would run all the way to the lodge instead of having to to fast travel and fast travel and just appear in front of the lodge and all that stuff which allowed me to absorb a little bit and i think it helped me i got a lot of quests that way because the way that Mm -hmm. this is a positive but the quest log will update automatically if you overhear somebody talking about something that leads to a quest which i think that really helped with the scope of this game a little bit but you know it, it it doesn't have what a lot of people were looking forward to in a bethesda game is the skyrim effect where you're literally on the map you're running from uh you know one town to the next because that's where your next quest is but on the way you see four or five quests like interesting markers on your yeah. map and you just this game has that but not really right like you, you have to land on a planet that's yeah. well. And even then, super interesting. E- to do even that. then, yeah. I mean, even then, like a lot of these planets you land on, it's like a, a handful of things, right? That you're gonna come across on your on your scanner. You're either finding, you know, like anomalies that are signs of life, <clears throat> and they are like the the traits of the planet, which could have anywhere from like zero to four, right? But they're usually individual traits on a planet, but they're essentially like one of maybe four potential things potential outcomes right and like yeah. like a mic- microbial community or something and you know once you come across one of those it's like what incentive do i really have to uh you know tra- traverse this planet and find more of those yeah. or or you're coming across structures that largely tend to be <clears throat> as we've talked about procedurally generated um, uh, yeah, derivative pirate hideouts that lead to uh, essentially it's just a like a loot loot and shoot kind of situation and um, yeah I that, that I feel like that I don't know it, it makes exploring the game not really as fun as the true story mechanics that you experience oh yeah the the curated stuff and the story stuff is great like if if you're in something that they designed for you to to as part of a story it's fantastic but yeah some of the other stuff is is a little bit more you know a little bit more um gray i guess in general and it makes sense a little bit. Jared and I were talking about this. So it's, I think you and I talked about it too, Josh off air, but it's the universe, you know, the most of the universe you go out there and what they want, they're going for realism. There's not a whole lot of interesting things yeah. on these planets in a lot of ways. So I kind of get that, but it's like, this is a game too. Um, yeah. Docking with, with space stations is annoying and undocking because yeah. you got to scan the space station 
you got to get within what 500 meters 500 meters and then you can dock with it and then once you're done on the space station you have to go back to the airlock get back to your cockpit and then you have to hold y to undock you can't just fast travel away and i hate it and then another thing that's just sorry tangential to that and i'm like uh it's a continuity thing that i just chuckle about is how every single docking station is compatible regardless of what faction you're a part of it's like all these different people hate each other including the starborn all these these different people hate each other but they sat together in a room and agreed that if you get me our docking stations will be compatible, so you come steal my ship. I think that's hilarious. And like, yet, and yet, we still don't have the same. Uh, we don't have uh, universal uh, railroads. Railroads, railroads are different. Electronic <laughs> power, system, yeah, power outlets. Say, yeah, power outlets uh, between continents. But yes. these these people all agreed, yeah, that their docking ports will be universal. Like that's just, yeah. Anyway, well, I mean, sorry. You know, <laughs> we had to make certain concessions when we established grab jumping, Jared. Let, let's uh, let's jump to <laughs> something else that I've I've kind of struggled with in this game a little bit mm-hmm. is the variability in the graphics of this game. Yeah. There's at oh, some, times, of the, some of the textures are so bad at times. This is a fantastic looking game yeah. and people's faces and expressions look really good. And at yeah. times this is a game where it looks like people have, I don't think it's quite this bad, but people like, it looks like a PS2 game. Uh, <laughs> it, it's to, I think what it is, is it's textures, not fully loading at times because of how big the worlds are and yeah. the lighting system being poorly, uh, not optimized. Cal- calibrated. Well. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to yeah. preface this by saying the voice acting is fantastic it like, is. Oh, yeah. on, on yeah. another level. Um, but two words, Alex creation engine. Yeah. That's that's that that's the problem. It's twelve it's, years old. It's dated, <laughs> and and part of Bethesda's model, unfortunately, is we're gonna put this out. It's gonna be kind of buggy, and the modders will fix it on the back end. Which yeah. is not, I mean, and you know, sorry, I don't want to go off on tangent on myself here, but yeah. that that's just not okay. Like, yeah, I mean, as, yeah. a, a, as like a top tier studio, like in the year twenty twenty three, in an engine like that we just said was twelve years old at this point. Like, surely, like if if it's not working at this point, like let's let's mm-hmm. bolt on to it to where we can. Uh, figure some of these buggy buggy issues out because if this was released like let's say like uh, cyberpunk jared yeah uh you know if the, if this was any studio other than bethesda are are they going to get the same level of pass that a lot of gamers are giving them no i don't i don't think so and, and I, mean, I, I, think I think that needs to be considered i think bethesda just bought a ton of good grace yeah. with people because they let you mod it from day one yeah um and when cyberpunk started the, the temperature started changing on that is when they started letting modders come in yeah. and, and do stuff with the game while they were getting stuff done. And it's, it's, I think that at this point, they Bethesda just need to make a deal with dice with, with uh, Epic games with somebody. And then if it's the Epic side and going unreal, they can do exactly what, what CD projects doing and red engines way better than creation. Yeah. And, and yeah. they're they're abandoning that. Um, they, if you make a deal with Epic Games, they will work with you to get your assets into Unreal. So they would work with Bethesda because it's such a big deal for a studio like that to be working with Unreal Engine. But yeah, something needs to be done about Creation Engine. It's 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 do you, wacky. Do you think? Well, I don't know that we know. Do you think Elder Scrolls Six is in Creation, or do you yes. think it's in something else? You think I, so? I, I think it's going to be in their next version of it. Like this, this is technically creation engine two, but it's just a polished creation engine. And I think that it'll be on creation engine three. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're going to keep going well, down this, this road. Yeah. I think one, well, I mean, to that point, like it's cheaper and I get yeah. that it's cheaper, but, but like, I also wonder, you know, given like the scope and, you know, newly piloted kind of concepts with this game, like the procedural generation and whatnot. I, I, I wonder how big of an issue that really will be with a more uh, self-contained elder scrolls six. Cause I can't imagine, you know, maybe, maybe it's the entire continent of Tam- Tamriel. I don't really know, but, or uh, world of Tamriel, I should say. But um, I, you know, it's not like you're going to have to build uh, 200 planets, right, for people uh, yeah. to travel to. So 
the the so one more thing I want to talk about, and then we need to shift to what we liked about this game. The this game doesn't tell you shit. No, <laughs> it does not tell you yeah. how to do anything. Doesn't like, tell you where anything is either. It doesn't tell you where anything is. Um, it, it I, you know, if you want to, I, I, so one of the, this is a late game quest and it's not really a spoiler, but you have to, you have to upgrade your ship to be able to jump, jump 28 light years. And it doesn't tell you how to do that. You can't just go upgrade your grab drive to go 28 light years in the up what says upgrade and monitor could you can, i want to buy some upgrades no you have to go to the modify section and it doesn't teach you how to modify your ship correctly and tough. then something gets something isn't connected and so you can't leave the modification and you're like well what's not connected something randomly got disconnected because i changed my grab yeah. drive and something was connected to my gra- grab yeah. drive but also you got to worry about balance and ship building yeah. you have to yeah. worry about weight power yeah. weight it's so crazy do you have the right do you have the right like uh Alex, core you'll get, yeah you'll get this reference i don't know if jared will but i i find it more cumbersome than uh kingdom heart one uh, kingdom hearts one gummy, oh, the gummy ships. ships yeah, yeah. Menu. it's i think it's more cumbersome than that like initially it, the it's like built but it is like building a gummy ship yeah, just yeah. more realistic looking it's it's yeah. hard to navigate to the ship builder screen it is i i written down like a three-hour rabbit hole which yielded me absolutely nothing from it because i couldn't balance the ship at the end of the day but um it's really hard to stay centered on that screen well yeah um but once it, it in it, I, I feel they made the shipbuilding. I know you didn't want to harp straight on this, but I feel like they made it so obscure to where they are just a few different things away from making it so satisfying to build ships in this it's game. So close. But but they they just take it away from you at the very end. Like, oh, this looks cool. This has all the stuff you want, but it ain't balanced. And you're not going to figure out how to balance it, bitch. So undo all your work. That's how <laughs> I felt. over. And that's why I don't do outposts in this game, because I'm assuming it's just going to it's going to be obscure. I haven't even touched it. I did one. I did one outpost. And then I was like, okay, like, I just I don't know that I want to continually check up on these bad boys. So (laughs) but like you have a cool ship. Why do you need outposts? Like that's your home base. Han Solo doesn't have an outpost. He lives on the Millennium Falcon. There's there's a lot of cool things you can do with outposts. Yeah, 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 there are. But but I, again, it's a system I didn't even touch because it really doesn't teach you how to do yeah. that. But I also, I, I don't want the Fallout 4 thing to happen where I'm in the yeah. middle of something like your outpost is under attack. You should go <laughs> save it. Like, yeah. I don't want to do that. Like, that's just one more thing in this game that I just would not want to do. The last thing I'll mention along the same lines is can, can we please streamline the star maps? I, I do not like the star maps. Yes, um, it's it. Go back. Go, look at how Mass Effect did it. That is so much smoother and mm-hmm. easier to do. This is this is so cumbersome. So well, getting, out to, the star maps, getting out to the far the reaches. Yeah. Um, it's so like, it takes so you, you drag. Can be, well, you can be right next to a, a red place. Right. And yeah, you're like, yeah. I just want to jump right over there but the path is like this big figure eight <laughs> thing and it's just like path unknown i'm like it's right there why can't i just just, just why, do it why not, I just go there? Not, not only that but like the surface maps too they're so bad they're yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's just like it's like what it, it like took me forever, too bad, but it is yeah. difficult it took me forever to figure out when i go into the map and it shows the planet hit the bumper to get the the, the ground map it yeah. took me because for the, ev- thing is it the longest tell time you how to do that stuff i was walking away from my ship to get the ground map and wasting so much time doing that instead you could just go in there and push the bumper like can't hear you alex oh there you go can you hear me now yeah would be remiss you're, you're quiet again might be for the best. We'll just have to deal with that. It's it's I'll I'll put a compressor on. Sorry, listeners. Um, we would be remiss if we didn't at least mention the cumbersome nature of the uh, inventory. Inventory. System. Yeah. <laughs> In general, I don't mind the inventory when it's just you. It's the in- inventory. Yeah. From yourself to someone else, and then your ship, and back and forth, and then only certain yeah. places can you access these. Yeah. And, then just- in- and unbalanced inven- weights yeah. too. In- inventory management is like forty percent of a game like this, and like that's what that's what part of the problem is. Is like you're you, you're in these inventory menus so much of your playthrough that 
you know, they really should have considered a little bit more uh, ease of use with transferring. You know, why why can't I set up similar, you know, uh, quick, quick lanes like I can yeah. with outposts, you know? Like I, well, I can have like get, logistic supply lines with outposts, but give, not. give me a supply drone. It is I pick yeah. up resources out on yeah. a mission, have it take it back to the ship, so I don't have that's to gonna mod be, down that, my that, follower or me with it. That's going to be a mod. That's going to be a mod for sure. Because uh, you can sell stuff off your ship, but you yeah. can't transfer stuff. Like I feel if that mechanic is in there. You should be able to transfer resources to your ship. Just yeah. at least let me be able to see transfer things from my follower to ship to me. Yeah. He said, follower to ship to me, folks. He's cutting out a little bit. You're cutting out a little bit. Oh, well, thanks for correcting that. Yeah. Um, let's let's jump because we've spent a lot of time. Are we gra- we're going to grab jump? Yeah, we're going to grab jump to the. <laughs> so the first thing I want to talk about, this is my favorite thing about the game. The gunplay on this. Oh, it's so good. It's fun. It feels so tight. I feel like I'm playing like a first person shooter. It is the best feeling uh, combat of any Bethesda game. When the variety. The variety is insane. The variety is great. Um, I thought, (sighs) and and people will probably come at me for this, but I like the combat in this game than I like the combat in Cyberpunk. How dare no, you? Um, I didn't. I I didn't like them. No, it, it's it's fine. I, I love it's, it in this game. And Machine Games, I guess, or was it Machine Id? One of the two uh, um, uh, studios helped out on oh. the combat in this game, and it shows. It it's fantastic. I'm playing. I'm playing a first person shooter. The 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 I found the most dope gun. So I randomly went out to a high level galaxy to the right of the map. And I found some Varun people and there's this little laser disruptor pistol that somebody was just owning me with. And I have it now. That thing destroys everything. <laughs> it's yeah. so much I, fun. Is that and like I didn't the, even know that was a gun. It was it's it's like, like a space little... resolver. It's like the six shooter. No, no. Oh, it's no like, okay. it, it has like a clip. It, it it's okay. it looks it looks very alien. Um, I'll have to take a picture of it and send it to you guys later. It's pretty much like a one hit, one kill kind of a deal pistol. Yeah. Um, but also like I found, I just like setting people on fire. So I find guns with, yeah, yeah, with incendiary traits on them. Um, no, the combat in this game is awesome. I haven't done melee stuff, but yeah, it's really uh, fun. It's really fun to get incendiary guns and then shoot, uh, uh, star packs, space packs and just watch them like blast through the ceiling. (laughs) Um, I'm a, I'm a chronic grenade hucker though. And throwables in this game are limited, I feel. So I don't get to just like rain terror on people. But um, that's my only combat criticism. But all in all, it's it's very balanced. It's really fun. I, I love the variety. Um, there's guns that you'll experiment with and you'll be like, I just hate this thing. And you'll never touch it again. Some people will do the opposite. It's just it's super immersive, the combat in this in, game. In different situations... Um, in different weapon availability, you kind of just can much different with it. Like I was using a cutlass on the other day. Like I'm sneaking around using a sword. Yeah. And yeah, I got, I got, I have a katana. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've the, picked up some katanas. The, yeah, the katanas are pretty cool. You can like take a shotgun and blow away people. Range, you can get a sniper. The sniping in this. Game. You cut out. You cut out again. Uh, the oh. sniping. The sniping in this game is really rewarding. I do have to go back because I just thought about something that's kind of key. Um, it's not so much of a criticism. It's just like a save your time. The digipits, digipics and lockpicking this game. I, I enjoy it. It's fun. However, the juice is not worth the squeeze. I find in yeah. many of the situations I find the best loot is on random pirates in random places um and every time i take time to digipick something mm-hmm. it's always like they're, they're a not a chip with like yeah. 150 bucks on it yeah. and like weapons that are what, common what made it what made it better in games like skyrim right is that i felt like as you leveled up that lock picking or whatever it was uh you know they became easier i don't i don't think the the digipick locks become easier as you level up save the auto slotting but then you only get four attempts on that and i think it burns a digipick right yeah yeah uh, and and then also the digit the digipicks 
no, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't? Okay, well, the, the Digipix uh, are... I think you have to level up for it high. not to. Yeah. What happens is it burns a Digipick because you use Digipick once you start. Hmm. But it doesn't but, yeah. burn a Digipick. But the the digipicks are harder to come by in this game by far, you know, as as opposed to any other. I think, uh, you know, utensil to unlock things in a. a I have like fifty of. I love. I actually really like the digipick mini game, and so it's fun. It by itself is really rewarding. I, I got I got really tired of like toward the end of the game with like all the the expert and master ones. Like I was just like I don't I don't have time for this. I I just want to. I just if if it was something like that would uh, produce a, a quicker outcome to a story uh, beat, then I would probably do it. But anything with like like opening a case to find another weapon or like Jared's thing with like ammo, I was just like, yeah, I'm not. That's not worth my time. I've got the weapons that I want. Like I'm I'm good. And I just buy we- our ammo. Yeah. Oh, see, I always had so much ammo. I love how ammo is weightless. And- yeah. Packs. You're cutting out really badly, buddy. Sorry, folks. And I'm cutting the cheese really bad. No, I'm kidding. So, Sorry, folks. <laughs> so, I, I know. The I, smell I of vision. Well, you know, early on, ammo, ammo was a little bit of a... Yeah. But afterwards... That's why that's why I elected to use uh, melee weapons more at the outset of the game than probably guns. Um, one thing... Oh, and I, here's another complaint that I just thought of. But one... Complaining! Uh, well, but you know, so in the perk no, in the in the perk and skill tree, there there's specific items for like a melee combat, like hand to hand combat, yeah, yeah. and and there's no way to favorite in you know like hotkey hand to hand combat. You have to go into the system and unequip your weapons, and then go back, and it, it just kind of takes away from the immersion. I heard hand to hand is the worst play style in this game. Yeah, it could be, but you know, you know, I I'm not really uh, like neglected bad. Like yeah. they, Bethesda was yeah. just like, and you can punch people. Yeah. Like, I but I punch people in this game though. Let's there's some, there are some melee abilities though. I think yeah. that are pretty fun. I thought that was just for like, like but depending on how you gun. balance it though, like melee can be fun. Yeah. Um, I hate to bring up Cyberpunk again on this, but like there's some really fun melee hand to hand. Like if you get grill arms, <laughs> that is super fun to go and just Falcon punch people. Yeah. So I feel that that's an opportunity for yeah. Bethesda. Mentioned this a little bit earlier, though, the, the voice acting. Honestly, I think the story, the story is yeah. the actually curated story. You're, you cut out. Curated what story is the last thing we heard. Curated stories are really fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. That they actually created for this game. Not Even the, the random side quests in here are just a joy. Like, I, I found this random quest on Aquila where I had to mess with somebody's supply of something so it would become less popular and so this dude would quit his side gig. Like, it's just... I'm yeah. not, I, I was very vague with that because I didn't want to give away yeah. the actual plot of that quest line, but it was just so random and hilarious. Like, did you bo- did you both do the Juno? Have you done the Juno mission? Well, let, let's not talk about this on this. Episode. I'm not. I'm not saying what it is, but we'll I'm just asking. Yeah, it sounds yeah. familiar. Okay, that was a cool mission. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just thought the the breadth and depth of that kind of stuff was very cool. Um. The, the bread. Bread. Mm. Yes. Bread. Um, I, I, you know, going back to progression, I, I wasn't super stoked about some of the progression things. Like I do have some qualms with a lot of basic gameplay being locked behind. Like you, you have to spend a skill point just to be able to use a boost back. That seems weird to me. Like when you have it on your freaking back (laughs) or to to pickpocket people or in past Bethesda games, you can just do it, but do it badly. Yeah. yeah, and sneaking sucks until you've leveled it up. But once you yeah, level, sneaking is is like it's it. not good if you don't invest in it. But but you do. But that's it's an RPG though, and I feel like this is more RPG than a Fallout Four because you can do all that stuff immediately. Whereas this is making you say, "Oh, this is something my character can do." So I think it's more of an RPG way to do it the way Starfield does, but doesn't necessarily mean that I love it. They uh, also, this is a very Bethesda game, and I, I just feel really like like I'm in Elder School Fallout when I'm going. 
uh, a, a hideout or a space station or a ship or something like that, and you're, like sneaking around looking for guys, uh, looking for, and like picking up random. <laughs> random what? Random yeah. food or tools. Food, yeah. A- Alex, it, stuff. it's almost like someone's like censoring what you're saying, like uh, certain words. Like, hey, sorry, folks. Look, Alex is he's in a bad or, mood. Or they're, or they're today. he's got a they're, potty they're, mouth today. They're pinching your XLR cable like they're pinching a hose. I think I actually need to change this cable because it's a little loose. I'll change it before the next. Yeah. So I, on that one, I think we should probably go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, before on our wrap up, I think I'd like to just say, where do you rank this one? Of Bethesda works, right? Do you like Elder Scrolls? Okay, so here's what rank I, Elder Scrolls, Starfield, and Fallout. Go, Jared. I can't do that. Uh, I'm sorry. I like I can't put Elder Scrolls in the mix with Fallout and and Starfield. Um, I feel it's on its own, um, especially a game like Skyrim. But as far as Fallout and this, I would say I like this more only because I like the backdrop of this more than Fallout. But and, and that being said, Fallout 4 is probably I probably spent more time in that game than just about any other game I've played, save like Skyrim or uh, Cyberpunk. So I've spent a lot of time in Fallout yeah. and um, I just like. Like I said, the backdrop of this more. I like space more. This makes me feel like I'm in like a Star Wars esque universe, um, and I enjoy that. So uh, I would, I would say, this then Fallout. Josh, where, how do you rank the Bethesda works? Uh, I mean, like, are, are we talking about for potential? Are we talking about as it stands today? Like, what are we, what are we talking about? Just as it stands today. Okay, I would, I would rank. Uh, I would probably say Elder Scrolls and Fallout, you know, T1 and then uh, Starfield in in second place. Um, and the only reason I say that, I think I think Starfield has the pieces right to to really kind of be the best that uh, Bethesda has put out. It just it, it needs to clean some things up. It, it's got to clean some of these procedural things uh, and kind of the you know housekeeping you know ease of use. I if it did that, it would it would a uh, it would be you know punching in the same weight class as the other two, in my opinion. I would I would rank Elder Scrolls as my favorite. I like the fantasy arc general. That's just my thing. I would put this above Fallout. I like Fallout a lot, but it's just not my favorite backdrop. I, I, I'm kind of with you, Jake. like the backdrop, space exploration backdrop. And you're you're cutting out again. But <laughs> um, what what I feel is like this can almost be 300 years into the Fallout universe. Like it could yeah. very much I be the same universe. Have done that. I think that would have been cool. You go to Earth and then that's just Fallout. Yeah, you see, like the yeah. Um, but an Earth is scorched in this game. Spoilers, so it couldn't yeah. fit that mark. But anyway. All right, so let's wrap it up here. Uh, thanks for joining us for I'll the take first, it. first special episode of Starfield. Uh, remember, you can reach us at play uh, pod underscore. Uh, Pod, Pod underscore, underscore win. Reach us somewhere. <laughs> or X or whatever it is now. Or you can shoot us an email at play number two win pod at gmail.com. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Tell your friends and, uh, you know, enemies. Thanks. It's like Sandstone. It'll always be Twitter. Yep. We'll see you next time. Bye.